everyone. Welcome back to But Why Though, the podcast, a periodic discussion with guests from around the But Why Though writing community brought together under one roof to discuss the latest happenings in pop culture. I am Kate, and this is episode 19, and I am here with Misha. Hey. And Alex. Hello. And this week, we're going to talk about some news that caught our eyes, including the Oscars. <laughs> the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> and into the creed verse because everything gets a universe now and michael b jordan's getting his own and then next we're gonna jump into villains how there is an incessant need to humanize them whether or not that's the right thing to do and if it actually produces good content and finally we will wrap it all up by telling you what we've been reading watching playing uh and give you some recommendations so first off the oscars Nisha, would you like to have the floor? Yes, I would. I had to take a deep breath. Before. <laughs> um, I'm just going to be honest. I did not have Jamie Lee Curtis on my bingo card. Oh. Uh, definitely was rooting for Angela Bassett. Because if a Marvel movie was going to win, I wanted it to be her scene and Black Panther and, and Wakanda Forever. So... That's... And you're referencing very specifically where she and Okoye yeah. are. Okay. Yes, it's definitely like I'm not saying Black Panther Wakanda Forever deserves an Oscar. I am saying specifically Angela Bassett's performance in that moment in that scene deserved the Oscar because I felt that entire monologue in my chest. She acted more in that 90 seconds than Jamie Lee Curtis acted the entirety of everything everywhere all at once. I, and that, yeah. so that's what gets me is A24, I think pretty erroneously stumped for two performers in one category, Jamie Lee Curtis and yep. Stephanie Hsu, um, one of both of which are important to the plot, but one of which is like the core is central to everything happening Literally in that movie. Literally the film cannot happen with her. Exactly. And just gives this this incredible performance playing the same character across a n- number of universes and potentials and realities. Um, an incredibly touching story and emotional, like heartfelt performance. And then IRS agent who also gets sort of brainwashed and has like multiple butt plug awards. And like, not that she didn't do good, but like of the two people in that movie in that category, one of them was the clear right answer here. I just feel like it's always weird when studios or whoever decides like how to do the studios. nominations. Studios, okay. You could tell I'm in, in, in the industry. <laughs> but anyways, um, I always find it weird when it's like, I really, I don't think it's fair to have more than one actor. And it's, and I feel conflicted yeah. even saying that, but I do feel like sometimes, no, you need to pick one. Cause yeah. I feel like you're taking a spot from someone else who could have been nominated and it also just feels like, to y'all point, there's clearly the actor, the supporting actor here who played more of a pivotal role in the film, and no mm-hmm. shade. I, I'm saying all this, and I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I love like, that woman. Yeah, like, like Jamie Lee Curtis's spot easily could have gone to Dolly DeLeon, who is in Triangle of Sadness, mm-hmm. like, very easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I wonder, um, how often do movies nominate multiple? Like, Lord of the Rings didn't throw down every single Hobbit as Best Supporting <laughs> Actor. Like, they could have. They, they could have, but like, but they didn't. They yeah. they were like, we shouldn't be like, so, hey, Sean Astin, Billy, but like they they knew better. So I mm-hmm. think what happened is that I think that A twenty four knew that they could be the first studio to sweep all major categories with a win, mm-hmm. and I think that they didn't trust 
that Stephanie Shu could do that. Mm. And I think that they trusted in the Academy's track record of not giving people Oscars and then giving them Oscars for things that they don't deserve Oscars for because they messed up previously. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why they did that. Because there were some award shows. So, Nisha, like, to your point of, like, who decides. So, studios will stump for the people that they think should be in consideration for. So, they send out for your consideration pieces. Mm -hmm. And on, like, those DVDs, it will say for your consideration for best picture, best score, best actor, all that stuff. And then, for the Academy specifically, they have rounds of voting that kind of shortens that wide pool down to the nominations that we get. And I think what happened is they just pushed really hard for that. But if you really think about it, like, there were two categories that had people, that had places that should have gone to other people, because Best Actress also had that random white lady who was there. Oh, is that um, the one who kind of like, campaigned her, for herself and caused a little her, bit no, of a stir? No, her best friends. Yeah, her best friends campaigned for her <laughs> um, on, like, social media, and there were, like, payments, and it was weird, um, and she shouldn't have had it. Uh. Um yeah, no, it's it's all messed up. Um, that is to say, I don't think Angela Bassett should have won, but I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis should have ever won. And if Stephanie Shue was going to lose to someone, it should have been Angela Bassett because she acted yeah. her ass off. And similar to how the movie doesn't happen without Stephanie Shue, I, hot take, I think Angela Bassett's the main character of of uh of wakanda forever mm. a lot don't have actress yeah a lot doesn't happen mm -hmm. without her so yeah. like she is the lead actress and leticia Ray waif waif no what no, no you're thinking of right away uh right right yeah leticia Wright. Wright. yes mm -hmm. yeah leticia Wright. i think leticia Wright was more of a supporting actress in her own movie yeah. Um, if I'm honest. Well, I had the I had so. the same realization. I was texting my family about everything ever all at once winning and I listed the categories that they won and my dad immediately was like, No best actor. And I was like, they didn't have one. Have an actor. But yeah. also I feel like I don't know. I mean, I guess Kyokan ultimately was that was a supporting role, but like it's also a big supporting role. It's like right on the cusp of No, he could have been best actor. I didn't understand why he was put in supporting. Mm -hmm. unless there's just like a breakdown of like lines i was like there might be some criteria or something that we're not aware of but yeah, yeah. my yeah my dad's immediate response was like they didn't have an actor that is to say love jamie lee curtis she did not deserve that mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah we love you she did not <laughs> but yeah big fan she did not and i think i think what sucks and i think where i can get behind where i can get behind angela bassett winning is just like her face she made when Jamie Lee's name was was called like the it hurt to just see mm -hmm. because she was kind she, of the favorite going in right yeah, yeah she was she was um which I think is like another talk in general of how people just completely wrote off Stephanie Shu in general mm -hmm. of mm. stuff um oh, yeah. did she win any of the best supporting no because yeah I know she was not like I think both of them were nominated for multiple and Stephanie, she was also like left off of a lot of them, which they put makes Jamie no Lee. sense. Yeah. Outside of that, any other, any other wins that you were happy for, wins that you thought should have gone to somebody else, complicated wins. I mean, I was just happy to see the the everything everywhere all at once sweep. That movie was my favorite last year. Um, Ki Hoi Kwan coming back to film is incredible. 
um yeah that was i think he, his win and his speech was like the high point of the whole thing for me um i mean i'm i'm not sh- shocked that black panther uh won for best costume design i think again mm-hmm. but i do question i hope it wasn't for the midnight angel um, no. It's gotta be for Mbaku's chess know, piece. You know, I didn't even think about that. But like on a serious note, I mean, I'm glad they won. But like on a serious note, I like I am glad. That was my first thought because I'm just like costume wise, like yes, wardrobe, attire, like non, like. And Jerry's costuming, mm-hmm. great, 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 beautiful outfits. That Midnight Angel, butt-ass ugly. Don't want it. <laughs> Don't want a Funko Pop of it. <laughs> Don't want a figure of it. Burn it. Kill it with fire. Um, <laughs> and, but... On a... I also just don't know how you're gonna take women who shave their heads so they can be like better in combat and then put the longest fucking tendrils on them. You know, as if the that biggest, makes sense. The biggest plot hole in that movie is that no one ever grabbed one of those tentacles. And just <laughs> and just not pulled yeah. them down and used them yeah. to swing everyone. Because I was like, thinking, why is a tuma not just like going like this? The easiest thing they could have done. Easiest thing they could have done to stop them is just like yank that thing off their heads. Mm-hmm. But anyways, on a more serious note, I am happy for Brendan Fraser. That have not seen mm-hmm. the whale and probably won't watch it, but I'm just mm-hmm. glad he's getting his flowers. Yeah. Um. I don't. Yeah. I, I just don't think I'm ever gonna watch the whale. Just not that I've heard anything yeah. told me bad directly. I, I, I just, wouldn't. Yeah, I I wouldn't. It I don't think it's worth a lot of time. I think the performances are really good, but the story is just really dated and just I I think Aronofsky needs to retire. If you want me to be honest, um, but I am I agree. I'm very happy for Brendan. Mm-hmm. That was a complicated one because I was like, I don't think this film should win anything. Also, oh Brandon, you're so happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you so see all happy. the all the clips of him and his sons on the red carpet? I did. They were yeah. adorable. It was. They I were so adorable. forgot that he had kids, but I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like you, like you have kids, and they're so old, and they're talking about you making yeah. dad jokes, and like how much they support you, and this is the best. So I I do, I do wish that Colin Farrell had one, only because the Con- the Colin Farrell songs that we got last year was very good, and the Banshees of Inner Sharon is an amazing movie. But. Brandon get to be got to be happy, and yeah. that's all that matters. Oh, yeah. also Guillermo del Toro's P- Pinocchio. Yeah, that one I was I just yeah. happy. I was so happy for him. I like that he was like, "I'm thankful to my parents who aren't here." Also, animation is a medium, not a genre. It's not for kids. And the way he delivers it, he's just like, "This is my script now. I will say it every time I win, and oh, you're yeah. going to keep listening to it." He he <laughs> came to that microphone with an agenda. Yep. The other piece of big news, and I do want to bring it up because we have covered Creed quite a lot at the site. We uh, Creed 3, we did a review, a movie review, and Nisha may or may not have done a dope list of why you need to watch Hajime no Ippo after yeah. Creed 3. Um, so Michael B. Jordan is pitching to Amazon an entire Creed universe with an anime, with films, with live action projects, and projects centered around Amara, um, his daughter, in the film thoughts so let me just understand this correctly so there 
anime, live action, all that stuff. It's going to be about her. So I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> it just says, and, and projects around Amar. I'm like, so they are they all around her? No, no, no. No, 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 not know that I don't want it. It's just like, no, not know that I don't want it. It's just that like, I guess, I don't know if it has the, I guess I, we won't know until we see it, but like, I don't know if it has the chops to support a whole yeah. franchise. Because exactly. you know, it's, yeah. It's, it's concept lot. fatigue. Like it's how many yes. how many shows and movies about this can I take in before I'm sort of done with it? Yeah. Well, and I think that, that, that that's probably a good a good thing. Because I mean, when you look at like the I mean, Creed is a part of an established franchise. It's a part of the Rocky franchise, and like those movies, it's like years between them. And mm-hmm. then the Creed movies have been years between them. Yeah. Like I kind of feel like the reason that like you are pulled into a new one consistently is because you have time to wait. It's like a we're back feeling. One. If Creed 1, 2, and 3 dropped year after year after year, I don't know that it would have, you know, like held the quality or or held people's attention. Like there's so many franchises that we've seen try to go annual and it blows up in their face. Yeah. Like it's, oh, yeah. yeah. And for something as specific as what, what Creed and I guess the greater Rocky series and all that stuff does, like, you really do have to question, like, can you pull off that inundation in a way that people still yeah. engage? Yeah. yeah no. Because, I, I mean... I don't disagree. I guess my thing is, like, tell me you're going to make a boxing series on this little girl and it's going to be anime. Or, like, just a woman-led boxing series anime. I'm intrigued. Because you can do a lot of things that we wouldn't see in live action with an anime. Um... Yeah. A TV series, I don't think it has the same impact as the movies. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll mm-hmm. be different. No, maybe it'll yeah. be different. But I guess it's like if someone said, let's make a Rocky TV show. Yeah. Yeah. It's I find increasingly whenever a trailer comes out, like my wife or I will show it to each other. And at one point, and more often than not, one of us will be like, wait, is this a TV show or a movie that you're trying to pitch me? Because that real like the the one that just happened, uh, Beef, the new Netflix series from A twenty four, yeah, yeah, where uh, Kelsey was like, or I I found it and went to go show it to her. She was like, oh yeah, I already saw it, and she thought it was a movie, and then I saw that it said series, and I was like, no, this is ten episodes. Like this is like, does this story actually carry ten episodes, or is it going to get weird mm. and boring or bad? Yeah, that's honestly Which for those who don't fun. know, like Beef is literally just a show about like road rage in a car accident and two people who want to ruin each other's lives yeah yes <laughs> dang but no i mean like and that's kind of like where i'm like the yeah no part where it's like i it sounds interesting and i love the creed franchise but i would hate for this to not perform well and it yeah. to be like mm-hmm. a like a, a not a scar just like like not that it's gonna damage the legacy but like i i can understand that they're like okay now we're gonna make the creed four about his daughter yeah no yeah. i don't even mm-hmm. even if even if it was even if he if it was a boy even if he if creed had a son i don't think i want it no actually no i know i don't want it yeah. i don't want i don't want adonis jr i don't, mm-hmm. I don't i'm fine with it if it's like this is I, it yeah and I think that, like, 
I don't know. I think it's one of the reasons I really like Korean dramas because they do a season and they get out. Like they tell a story and the story is done mm-hmm. and then that's it. And that's all you need. And I'm, I, I, I agree. Like I, I don't want more. I, I just, I want what we have. And I think, because I think if you just pump it out, you're kind of devaluing what made it special in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe you could just like, maybe we could be wrong. Maybe the animated series, I think an animated, an anime would go has so more potential I, but i still question like well what is it gonna look yeah. like in story-wise and yeah. all this other stuff like, i hate women's boxing i hate it it is not as brutal as men's boxing i i say that as somebody who like did women like or girls boxing and like, mm-hmm. grew up around like female boxers and stuff it's just, it, it's not the same for me i don't like watching it however if it was an anime you would do so much oh, more yeah. stuff with right. an anime. So, like, Stylized I would watch violence. that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That I would watch. Hands down. Yeah. Um, There's just more yeah, potential. I think it's... Yeah, and again, like, this is just, like, the early stages, so we'll have to see what else comes out. But and it is also hard, too, because, like, I want Michael B. Jordan to get, like, his money, but it's also, like, please don't kill... I don't want to say kill, but, like... Don't run it into the ground because we've yes. seen that happen so many times where it just keeps and they could all be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my hesitancy still isn't even it's not even announcing more. It's announcing multiple of more. Like if he had just yes. said we're doing yeah, an anime series, I'd be like, fair. cool, I'm into it. But if he's like, I got TV shows, movies, anime, did it like it's like, oh, maybe do one. Yeah, maybe try one that you know, that's that's it. Maybe try one. And honestly, I, I just don't think Creed needs to have an anime. I, I like the premise, and it doesn't have to be connected to Creed. I, I like the premise yeah. of a... Because, uh, like, there... I mean, not saying that there's a lot of boxing anime. I mean, I know three off the top of my head, two of which are... What, like, Megalobox is a reimagined retelling of Hashito no Jo. So there's that. And then there's Hajime no Ippo. So, like, it's not that I can I can't think of any other ones because those are, like, the big three for me. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, we could use another boxing anime. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to turn that down. And, yeah, make it woman-led, yeah. and you can do a lot of things with it. Yeah. I agree. Well, this brings us to our big topic of discussion, um, which I think kind of goes on with just making franchises so large and mm-hmm. saying we're going to do multiples of everything. Um, and that is Villains. Why the hell are we making them all so empathetic? What is the drive? Um, So I did kind of want to posit a question for everybody. When we think about what's been happening, like, currently and how every villain has to be seen as somebody with some sort of moral reason for what they're doing, which I think is interesting because complicating a situation for a hero is always good. Mm -hmm. Like... I think that it's also important to just have heroes be bad sometimes, or villains be bad. Yeah. Um. So how do you all feel about the, the recent pieces, or the recent changes to humanize villains? Like, is it wrong? Is it right? I, it's all it's all over the board. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to say the same thing. It, and honestly, I feel like, for me, it really depends on the story. Now, like, when we're telling a story mm-hmm. like Dahmer, that is a real life person. That is a real life monster. And I feel like with stuff like that, when like people like when a show like Dahmer show like his background and like how when he was younger and all of his behind, like mm-hmm. you just heard so many people say like, oh, they're trying to humanize him. I'm like, 
Well, y'all, he, he, he is a human. Um, mm-hmm. Humanize means to make something more human. I don't, th- I think sometimes people confuse the words humanize with um, empathize or empathize, also justify. Yeah. Justify. Justify. Yeah, that is a very good an excuse. point, Misha. Yeah, so an yes. excuse. And when we're talking about a real life villain, like someone like a serial killer, yeah, no, that's not. I, somebody could tell me, like, Hitler went through some terrible stuff when he was a child. Guess what? I'm. That's not going to excuse anything mm-hmm. that he did as an adult. All the choices that he made as an adult. Same thing goes with Dahmer. Same thing goes with all these other ones. Now, when we're talking, and I feel like I feel passionate about this because when we talk about when people talk about, you know, Dahmer just coming top of mind because that was a big discussion when it came out. What, what, what was that show that they did? Was it was it called just Dahmer? I think so. I think it was the Netflix called, series. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah, was called Dahmer. Ryan Murphy. Yes. Yes. Oh, and a lot Murphy. of people were just like, yeah. I don't think telling a backstory of his childhood is in any way excusing. It's more so explaining like how it contributed to how he got to where he was eventually. But none of that excuses anything. Um, the people yeah. who, when when, when yeah. we infer that as an excuse, that's the problem. That's that's mm-hmm. the issue. When the audience infers like, well, we should forgive him because he had a terrible childhood and he was abused. And yeah. I'm like, no, because... He he did premeditated murder. Now, like, I, yeah, so which, like to preface that. Now, when we talk about yeah. fictional characters, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's different again because. And sorry, Kate, you're gonna say something before I like go into that. No, I was just gonna ask, like, on that piece. Like, I think that mm-hmm. they're like. Do you think that they're obvious? And I I think you kind of explain it. It being real, mm-hmm. like when you do something bad it's kind of it doesn't matter how you got to that point you still did something bad to real people therefore Mm -hmm. like automatic just no yeah exactly yeah one person's humanity doesn't negate another's Mm -hmm. i agree and that's it because it's like if i had a terrible childhood as an adult i'm still making a decision to do something wrong or to hurt Mm -hmm. others that's a decision i made as an adult like yeah I just feel like, and then like, so then getting into like, you know, fictional, like Kate, you, me, we love My Hero Academia. What villain has like a tragic mm-hmm. childhood story that had a traumatizing past? Shigaraki. Yep. Yep. And it's a lot of explanations of like how Shigaraki's childhood and like everything that happened to him. And then like um, a true villain getting a hold of him at a young age, manipulating him and all this other stuff can contribute to how he got to where he is. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. as a grown man, he chose to kill people. Well, mm-hmm. and I think that that's like the important thing. And I think Shohei Horikoshi as a writer, especially on, here, on My Hero Academia, like you can tell that he cares more about villains and showing villains. And you can see somebody like, if you look at somebody like Twice and Toga, mm-hmm. like he explores the way people are pushed. I think especially Twice, how people are pushed to the fringe and then they do that because they just want some sort of thing and they don't actually they don't understand mm-hmm. the morality of it. Like they genuinely think that they're not the bad guy. Um, yes. And in like a more like human way where you can see the levers flipping. But then you have Shigaraki where he's like, here's all of this terrible stuff. And then there is a, there's a very, there's a piece where he very actively chooses to do the thing that will do that will destroy society because it is exactly what he wants to do. And he never thinks that it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. He just thinks that this is what I want to do and this is bad. Even with all of his tragic backstory, 
you aren't given the chance as a reader to necessarily like empathize because the moment you start to Horikoshi's like oh no 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 no. like he actively chose to kill his dad or Mm -hmm. oh no 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 no. he is actively choosing to destroy Mm -hmm. the world because that is just what he wants to do and it's driven by hubris or it's driven just by like desire and need but there is no like despite the background there is no empathy here Mm -hmm. Um, and even Endeavor to a point like Endeavor is like much more of an an antagonist less of a villain but like he is somebody who abused his family abused his children did these things and the story isn't about forgiving him but watching him atone and attempt to reckon and reconcile with that and seeing the people around him do that and I think that there are ways to handle to what Nisha said fictional people and Mm -hmm. their actions Mm -hmm. to make it to make it complex yeah um but yeah yeah well i also just don't think hollywood does it like for medium you can't do that in an hour and a half no like you just can't Mm -hmm. you need a long sprawling story to unpack things Mm -hmm. it's did you are you caught up on dragon ball super in the manga i am or at least to like serial and I'll leave it. Okay, so but so the yeah. the arc before serial, the goat man, I forget his name. Um Moro? Mordo. Yeah, Mordo. yeah, Moro. So there's a good scene mm-hmm. where he's where Vegeta's fighting him and he's like, Oh, you think that killing me atones for what you've done? And Vegeta's response is, I know I'm going to hell, but I'm gonna kill you first. And it's like yes. I love that where it's like, here's a guy who's been a villain since day one and they've been slowly not even redeeming him, just sort of examining his humanity and building him out. And then you get to that line where he's just like, I accept every horrible thing I've done. Like Mm -hmm. that is, I, this does not erase that at all. It doesn't mean that this isn't the right thing for me to do. And it's just like, I love Vegeta. He's so good. I, fun fact, I wrote a think piece on that one chapter because I was so inspired by that, because at the end of the day, Vegeta still sees himself as a villain, even though he's changed and grown mm-hmm. so much. And like, that's a great example of this, where it's just like, did Vegeta do heinous and terrible things? For Does sure. He, has he, is he ever, has he ever asked for atonement from it? No, because he owns it. He knows yeah. he was yeah. bad. He knows he was terrible. He killed people and he ate people. He know yeah. like, he, he's not looking to go to heaven. At the end of the or day, a genocidal cannibal is is kind yeah. of unforgivable. It's, it's like he learned that it was bad eventually, and he's just like, "Oh, I know I'm gonna die and go to hell, but I'm at least gonna kill the villains, the other villains, yeah. and take them with me." It's yeah, it's so good, but yeah, like that's a great example. But I think, like you said, Kate, to your point, like you can't do it in an hour and a half. Yeah, like no. it, it just it doesn't work. I think of and also like I mean, we can talk about Disney's whole trend of doing villain movies. Which, like, I haven't seen it, but the one that always made me laugh was when they were like, we're doing a Cruella DeVille movie. And I was like, that's a woman who just wanted to murder puppies for a jacket. And then she met someone and he was like, you're so horrible. I need a piano so I can write a song. Like, that's what we know about her. And Disney was like, but what if we go into her backstory? It doesn't matter. She wants a puppy murder coat. Like, that's that's her character. You can't change that. And no, and that's the, and I think that's where... Like, I, like you know, when we talk about actual reenactments or actual people mm-hmm. that we are telling the stories, and then we have fictional characters, and then we have this thing where it's like, we have established villains, 
but now let's make them the heroes of their stories i'm like y'all did well with maleficent and y'all thought y'all could run with that for all of them and mm -hmm. you just can't yep. you can't convince me that Cruella DeVille de deserves to be seen as a hero because at the end of the day that woman wanted to drown puppies she said in that mm -hmm. cartoon drown them bash them throw them in I like yeah she a villain it was a bad <laughs> one it was a bad oh, one like yep. what's next the lady from the rescuers down under are we gonna oh are we God. gonna let the lady who put the little girl down the well be a hero what's her backstory right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just you you there's a line and i think the the other uh, side of that line is um riddler in the batman uh mm, which i think yeah. th it was erica ishii i think is the one who i saw who tweeted it but it was just like he's not wrong like his whole thing is just i want to expose corrupt politicians mm -hmm. and it, it's like yeah. they got to the end of the script and they were like wait he hasn't really not made a point yet Let's have him kill a bunch of innocent people so the audience knows not to identify. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. like that's not that's Which, not how you do it. Like you you gave him too much of a point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which and I think that that is like I think heroes are at the most interesting when you're looking at them through the lens of society because ultimately in if if we look at like how a hero would actually function like in real life, right? Or like how mm -hmm. we see heroes. Like heroes are often chosen by the state or some sort of organization. Mm -hmm. So like people that are heroes to everybody is because the thing that governs everybody said they were a hero. And so if you take that to its natural end, then of course, like if the organization or state is corrupt, then therefore that hero is corrupt. And so there should be somebody who may have some good points. That being said, you can have good points and still just be bad. Mm -hmm. Like, you and can. I, think that, I think that that's, and I think that that's what everything is missing. Like, I think that when we look back through it, like Disney is more focused on saying, oh yeah, there are like, there are good points and I'm going to make sure people, and this may just be as media literacy is dead. Thank you, Twitter. Um, <laughs> who believe that this person is the hero and that, and that's the end of it. And because they look at the larger themes and don't engage with immediate actions, and I think Killmonger is like a really good example of yeah. it. Like he had very <laughs> good points. He still killed a whole bunch of people. Like he st he he killed the people he was trying, like saying that he wanted to protect. And like there are elements that when you look at it from the back, like it is very easy to see this person. This person was right. But then when you look at the actions, it's like, oh, no. Okay, so they have points. And we can see how that point can push the hero. Mm -hmm. Like, we did see in Black Panther how it pushed T'Challa to see something differently. But it doesn't always mean that you're right. Yes. Like, Killmonger yes. was right know. that Wakanda was wrong. Yes. Killmonger <laughs> yes. ultimately was not right, though. No. Yes. Yeah. Magneto. Magneto was right that the world should treat mutants correctly. Also, don't launch a genocide. Yeah. yeah. Don't do a genocide. Easy rule. Easy rule. Thanos. Thanos yes. wanted there to be exactly. enough resources right. for the world, for yeah. everyone in the universe. The world, the world is imbalanced. I get you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I get it. But don't. Climate change is like trying to kill me every February. <laughs> I get it, Thanos. We get that. But also, don't kill half the universe. Yeah. And I guess, ooh, so going in, since we're on Marvel... But, like, even, I, I feel like some people had issues even with Kang. And my whole thing yeah. is, like, why are, so I guess this is, a, like, the, the next level of this conversation is just, like, why are we shocked when villains do bad things? 
when their yes. whole thing is being a villain. So it's like you have people who don't want to know how the villains became the way they are. You don't want the well-rounded villain, but then it's also just like y'all are surprised when the villain in the story did bad things. Yes, Kang killed mass murdered people, lots of people, but mm-hmm. it's like it's not like his name is Kang the Conqueror. You can't conquer people with tea parties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What should be the title of this episode? You don't conquer people with tea parties. <laughs> That's the only thing I, I can think it. of. I'm like, I just, I don't, and I don't know if it's because like people. I mean, I love Jonathan. I love Jonathan Majors. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like we know going in that he was going to be a villain, and nothing was going. And his name is Kang the Conqueror. He was always going to kill lots of people. I do think that's what it is. I think people are in love with the actors that are playing villains, Mm -hmm. and instead of letting them just be, like, disgusting and evil Mm -hmm. and terrible and, like, bad, like, be villains, they want them to be some sort of anti-hero antagonist that they can just root for. And it's like, no! Sometimes we can just do that. And I, I also think that, like, I've seen that a lot with so like for Wakanda Forever, like I saw that with them painting Thanulk as like the the villain, which I think he's more of an anti-hero yeah. in that sense. Oh, totally. Like he's literally just fighting for his people. Another situation, fighting for his people. I actually don't think that it was wrong that he killed the Americans on the boat because <clears throat> like they're literally like that was actually a right action. Killing mm-hmm. Ramonda, that was a wrong action. However, he did warn her constantly he and did. then they messed up i say i anyway, will come back and kill you i will come back and kill you and then he kills her people are like wait he did what come back and kill you he, and then- he gave lots of warnings if we're being honest he gave lots of warnings and i'm not saying i'm okay with him killing ramonda i'm just like you know what he, y'all could have y'all could have handled this so differently and ramonda could have been alive and that at the end of the day that's what i'm upset with but I, I agree, cause like, but yeah, like, <laughs> cause there's like the one part with like I on my other podcast with So Is What Happened, my co-host made a point, and she's like, I didn't like that they made Kang a black man because he's a genocidal person. I'm like, no, first off, like that Kang the Conqueror has always been a conqueror. Yeah, he has, mm-hmm. and it's not. And this is where my whole thing is like he's not killing one specific group of people. He's literally killing everyone. It's not or a genocide if you're not targeting. Yes, if you're not targeting yep. a specific like, group of people. There, there are meanings to words. There are mass murderers and there are people who do both that. bad. Both bad. Yes. But at the same time, him change like Jonathan Majors knew what he was getting into the, with the role that he was playing. Mm-hmm. He applied for this job. Mm-hmm. We yeah. can't be upset that the that the villain is doing villainous things and killing well, and people. And that's like the other thing too is like I think that that's something that also came into play with Namor mm-hmm. because it did turn in that situation. Where like, well, why did you why did you change their race if you're just going to make them a bad guy? And I was like, right, we can play villains yeah. too. Yeah, like we can be complicated and do bad things, and that's. Fine. And also, like, have and you not read the comics? Like, with that, Namor's- yes. Well, that's the other thing. Like, you can't pitch for these changes to happen and celebrate when an actor gets that and then be like oh no you're doing all the things that your character did in the comics yeah like if they had been like also, so namor this did all those things namor fucked up wakanda way more in the comics than he did in the movie yeah that thing is like in the comics i feel like namor is like borderline xenophobic and if they had been like so yeah. this namor loves the surface i'd be like then i don't want to watch it like yeah right He's not Aquaman. I don't. I don't yes. know what people was expecting. So then, mm, 
like I feel like we're hitting great points because like now I want to. No, we really are. We are. That goes into the complexity of it. Yeah. Like at the same time, I think that I think that that's extremely right as to why people want these more empathetic villains is because they're falling in love with these actors and don't want to see them do something wrong. Or in the case of like you said with Kang or Namor, they're men of color or people of color. Like, oh well, we can't be the villain. It's like. There are differences between we have always been casted as the villain and that villain being stereotypical and Mm -hmm. that villain playing into fears and just like being casted as that villain in a way that you're showing complexity and depth Mm -hmm. within a universe. That is different. Right. Because then Mm -hmm. that gets to like the other point, because like I recently reviewed Swarm for the site and my whole thing when I watched it and I in my review and my spoiler free review I made sure to make this comment. I'm like, it's important for people to like, like, I have not seen many movies where a woman is a serial killer. I've not seen many like movies, or I mean, sorry, series where a black woman is a serial killer. And my whole thing is typically when we have serial killers in movies, it's like either fiction or it's a reenactment. This is clearly fiction. And I think it's very important, like, we always hear about how so-and-so was applauded for how much they got into the role. Or, like, when it comes to the white male actors, like, they're applauded for their work and everything when it comes to, like, getting into the character, how Mm -hmm. charming they were, like, Zac Efron, dude who played Dahmer. And I'm just like, I would like Dominique Fishback to get the same accolades as that because she did that in this series. And it's important Mm -hmm. for people to understand, you're not supposed to root for her. She's a serial killer. And I think it's the, because as I was watching it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not necessarily rooting for her. It's just that, like, I'm on this wild ride with her. And this is a story starring her. And it's important Mm -hmm. for people to see this as, like, she is a serial killer who happens to be a Black woman. That is all the movie is doing. It is not making some grand statement about Black women and being killers and being Mm -hmm. crazed or anything. It is literally... Is a story about a black woman who is a serial killer and the reasons for why she's killing. And I think that's the point because I would hate for people to look at this and be like, why did they make her a serial killer? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, because that's yeah. what the story is. That is what the yeah, story that's what is. That's what it's about. That's quite literally what it's about. Yes. So, like, that's like, because you just said it a minute ago, Kate, and I'm kicking myself in the butt for not being able to remember it, but. It's just, like, people want these well-rounded stories, or they want these villains, and I'm, like, I don't know if it's because the audience is can sometimes be confused with what to do, especially with, like, with a show like Swarm or a show like Dahmer. You are being told the story of that person, and granted, these are two different things. One's fictional and one's a reenactment and, uh, and yeah. dramatized, but the, at the end of the day, it's, like, I think because they're the main focus of the series or the movie, people think that they're supposed to want to like them. But yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they're yeah. the subject, not the hero. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the whole misunderstanding of protagonist-antagonist, and it's super frustrating. Yeah. yeah. No, entirely. Entirely. Yeah. Um. No, and I think that, like, that really shows, like, we, we've talked about it like on our critics versus fan episode which was like that was last week right yeah um, which is relevant again because shazam <laughs> but also this where like it is like a deterioration of media literacy and understanding intent storytelling and like the baggage you bring into things that maybe is not even like what's there 
And I think to your point, Nisha, like, we should be able to have a series like Swarm where Dominique Fishback gets to showcase how a phenomenal actress she is Mm -hmm. and her range. And it just so happens to be as a serial killer. It's not them saying black women are serial killers. It's them being like, hey, Dominique Fishback can like play something really twisted and really Mm -hmm. dope. And that is a range because like playing the like, I really do think like anybody can play a hero. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. anybody can play a hero. I think being able to play a convincing villain, I think being able to make people hate you, I think being able to scare people, especially when you're endearing, like when you Mm -hmm. look like, like if Jonathan Majors making you like question him or anybody, um, that is a certain level of skill. Or like, like I think Mm -hmm. Denzel Washington training day is like the best example where it's like, we hated this man, but we loved this man and being able to like, be admired and loved and then take on a role that is absolutely like leaves your audience shaken to where they just hate you like actors should be able to do that no matter what mm-hmm. um also it's just like a good villain that is just evil yeah. yeah yeah okay you know what movie had a surprisingly good like that nailed this of villain who's evil who has a backstory that explains it but doesn't justify it, uh, was Puss in Boots The Last Wish. Oh, okay. It's, so you have you have Big Jack Horner, and his whole thing is that his childhood was hard and he was constantly going up against people who had magic and he felt like that wasn't fair. So now he wants all the magic for himself. And that's fine, but at no point does it justify... Like, at one point, he's going to shoot a puppy... And the the Jiminy Cricket character, who I think in the IMDb credits is listed as concerned bug, is like, you're not going to shoot a puppy, are you? And he stops and looks at me. He's like, yes, in the face. And it's like, that's a horrible, horrible thing. But it's just like, oh, you did that so well, where you gave us this backstory. You made us feel bad about it. But then you moved on. You were like, and he's still a dick. Like, that doesn't change anything. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's an excellent point. Because it's just like, yeah, no, he's terrible. We're not rooting for him. And it's very clear why we shouldn't root for him. Exactly. Like his backstory is the context of why he's a dick, not a vindication. Right. And that's what backstory yep. should be is like, let's talk about how you got here. But also, we are not going to forget that you are here, that you are mm-hmm. this person. Yeah, because I mean, like, and not to go too far back, I feel like that's kind of like the whole thing with the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. it was never about empathizing, not empathizing, sorry, because now look at me, I'm doing it. It's, it's, it was never about excusing what the Joker did. It was always about telling people how he got to where he was. And yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, yes terrible very bad day gotham has no support for people with mental illness and yeah. he just and <laughs> yeah like, what are you doing bruce Wayne? what are we doing about mm-hmm. the mental health crisis nothing i think one of the one of the things that i think we also do is we kind of think of like the worst in people that we see and we know exists and then we see an example of that in like a villain or just a shitty person. And then we're like, oh, there's somebody out there who is going to see this and feel like feel whatever way about it, resonate with it, whatever. But the person is still hypothetical. Like that is yeah. still just a hypothetical person that we have made up 
and decided is going to be moved by the Joker. Like, everybody was like, I I still believe that it was a marketing ploy by WP to be like, oh my god, we have to have extra security because X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I think people kind of, like, hype themselves up into a tizzy about, like, a lot of these without realizing that, like, well, the the hypothetical person in your head who's going to be moved by this actually doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And maybe you could just watch this and understand it's not, it's not, it's not make it's not justifying or making you feel bad or bad for. It's just showing you, yeah, they got here. They're still bad. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it, why can't we just enjoy the ride in the story? Like, because that's, exactly. that's what I felt with Swarm. I'm like, I am here mm-hmm. for this wild, dark ride. And yeah. I don't have to root for anyone. And I think even similarly, you, the Netflix series kind of falls mm, in that category yes. i am rooting for joe to get caught however yeah so yeah no, so like ahead. that's been like the weird thing because the first the the first part of season four for you it steers hard into like a whodunit and it's like joe is like he hates the rich too and he hates sexists and he hates whateverists and he is like a good guy and then like part one ends and it's like man y'all really just making him like because that that felt like them making him into a hero yes but then you watch the second part and it's like oh no actually that was all in his head and he's still a piece of shit and let's root for him to get caught now and i think that that was a really good playing with the way that like people expect these things to go and then really flipping it the other way and it's like oh no we're still gonna just let him be awful yeah and that's and better. were tricked, but he is awful. Yeah, because I definitely thought they were trying to make him the new, like I don't know, Sherlock or something. Yeah. Like I don't. It just felt yeah. like why is Joe trying to help people that he don't know? Go back to doing yep. what you do best, bothering yep. women who don't want you. Yep. Yeah. So with that, does anybody have any like last last thoughts to round this out? What is a villain that you guys would want to see get the, the fully humanized redeemed treatment? Oh. Good question. Like, who do I want to get a redemption arc? Or or who does have one that maybe people aren't aware of? Ooh. I mean, if I said Vegeta, he wouldn't even want it. That's the thing. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> he, yeah. he would turn it down. So I'm like, I'm trying to think of someone who like would actually... Yeah. I mean, yeah, Vegeta could get the Dragon Balls and undo what he's done kind of whenever, right? Technically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, technically, but he's too busy getting them so that he can unage Bulma by five years. Yeah. Hey, that woman Not more. More is noticeable. <laughs> oh, yep. Yep. Um, I honestly, when they got to Freeze's motivation in that story, I lost it. <laughs> I want to be taller. <laughs> I want to be taller, but just five centimeters more than that is noticeable. It's, it's amazing. Oh, like centimeters? That even like... Oh, is no, it anything? Four inches? <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I'm like, that is a good question. I mean, I guess this one, because to me, they are impossibly irredeemable. Griffith from Berserk, and I hate him. I don't want him to be redeemed. I don't want him to be redeemed. I would just be, I would be interested to see if it's possible. Because there's no way you can convince me that that man is not a villain and he is not terrible. Yeah. And that after everything he's done, I would just be interested to see someone try if they could try to give him a redemption arc because he can he has to die at this point yeah. in the series for me no entirely yeah 
to wrap out, what has everybody been reading, playing, watching, anything of the above? Nisha, I know you mentioned Swarm earlier. Yes. Uh, I watched all of Swarm and did a season review for it on the Y, though. I cannot tell people enough to go watch it. Um, I I mean, by the time this episode comes out, um, it's definitely past embargo. But I just, I really enjoyed it as a work of fiction. And I think anybody who's ever dealt with stan culture, if you're on Twitter, you've dealt with stan culture in some capacity, mm-hmm. or you have been the stan. I just think the people who have ever dealt with it or are familiar with it, y'all will get some entertainment out of it. But um, besides that, I also have just been rewatching Hajime no Ippo because it's such a good sports anime. And I did write a five reasons, uh, six reasons why you should watch Hajime no Ippo after watching Creed 3. Because y'all, just, just trust me. Just trust me. It, it's, it's amazing. Alex? Yeah, I think, so the, the thing to watch that I'm going to recommend is, um, I think like a month and a half ago, I finally caved and got a Dropout subscription, um, and everything on Dropout is, it's uh, the College Humor streaming service, but it's basically just like game shows and people goofing off is like most of what they have on there, and then a lot of D&D. Everything on there is super funny, super well put together. Um, I, I've yet to watch something on there that I did not enjoy, and for the value, it's incredibly cheap. Um, it's like, I think it's like 50 bucks for a one year subscription. When Netflix announced the whole password thing, they turned around and they were like, Hey, share your password. If your friends need it, like that's a cool thing to do. Um, and then when somebody announced a a price hike, they did a sale on their subscriptions. Like they're very pro consumer, um, great D and D and storytelling. Um, game changers is like the kind of flagship show for game shows on there. And it's just every episode, it's a different game and different rules super fun to watch so yeah drop out if you haven't tried it just try it out it's pretty great um that sounds extremely joyful it, it it's so good there's um there's an episode in i think season four of game changers called don't cry and that's the challenge is don't cry um but it kind of goes at people's emotions from all angles so like some of it is like you know we're just going to show you pictures of puppies and then it's like we're going to just compliment you until you're uncomfortable and crying. And like, it's, it's a risky half hour of TV to do, to be like, I'm going to bring yeah. in three of my coworkers and friends and try to make them cry. Um, but it was really, really well done. And really like ultimately a very touching episode, I think. Um, and like a very human episode. And I think it was one of the first, I think that was uh, one of quote unquote post COVID seasons where like they were finally able to yeah. kind of like work together again in person more comfortably and, all that um and but uh moving past that something to read i'm oh i'm on volume three out of five of a series called once in future uh by kieran gillen have you guys heard of this one oh yeah that's yeah. from boom right? yeah boom uh boom comics it just wrapped i think last year it's 30 issues long and it is basically um a sort of like pseudo cult is trying to summon a villain from arthurian legend and then this retired monster hunter and her grandson are trying to stop it. And that's like the simplest, least spoilery pitch you can give. Um, but it's, yeah, it's uh, the the idea behind it. I think that Kieran Gillen said he had was like when Western cultures retell other people's stories, they tend to not give it like the most like positive read possible. Like there's usually like a more negative spin. And so that's what I wanted to do with Western myths. Um, 
was to like, I'm going to like twist that back on us and see how it works. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's fun. It reads really quick. Uh, great illustrations. Uh, I'm just also a big fan of Kieran Gillen, uh, wicked and divine and die are two of my favorite comic series in recent history. Um, but yeah, check those out. Um, for me, I've just wrapped up by the time we're reading this doing South by coverage. Um, and the two things I really want to shout out is if you are a huge Evil Dead fan and more specifically a fan of the very first Evil Dead that was funny without intending to be funny and was brutal as all hell and gross and awful and just fucking terrifying, Evil Dead Rise is going to be for you. It, it's It's amazing. Um, and I can't wait for people to watch it. But on the lighter side, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which I think should be out or almost out by the time that this airs because it comes out at the end of March. Um, it's joyful. It's just happy. Chris Pine is just great. Um, I, if you had told me that I needed that, like, Michelle Rodriguez and Chris Pine were a... It's uh, a good combo. A couple that I would need, like... <laughs> I would not have believed you, but they're here and they're great. I need to see so, it. So, yeah, that is that's what I have, and I have reviews for both of them up on butwhytho.net. So, thank you everybody for listening. Make sure you uh, subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review if you have the time. It really helps. Uh, Nisha, where can everybody find you? Y'all can find me Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at Nisha Plays. That's at N-E-Y-S-H-A-P-L-A-Y-S. And Alex? You can find me on Twitter at Most Always Alex. And uh, that's kind of it. At the at the moment, I'm also on Friday.com uh, doing genre and horror news and reviews, uh, but less active there at the moment. But yeah, you can just find me online. And I don't really post a lot of original stuff on Twitter, but I'm trying to get better at that. So uh Come draw, drag me out of my cave. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at OhMyMythRandier and on Instagram at that same handle. And you can find us at PC on every single social media there is because we went ahead and just got handles on all of them because Twitter will eventually die. Maybe. Um... <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> or it's the cockroach of the social you. medias. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, we're out. <laughs> Bye.